Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He is Big Chris Newton. We come at you every Wednesday at noon. That's when we drop. And we want to make sure that you are with us every single week through the season. This week, we are going to be discussing the Buffalo Bills absolutely throttling the Miami Dolphins, and also we are going to bring in Stephen Wino, AP football writer, to discuss the Bills' upcoming game with us. Nude, I know you're smiling ear to ear, right? Oh my God, this weekend was wonderful, but it was it was bittersweet, man, because we lost one of our best players on defense, also. So we'll talk about that, but it was good and bad. So best of both worlds, but. Yeah, we'll talk about it, man. But I also have to say, last week, we didn't come at you by noon. We missed the deadline. It was totally my fault. I didn't let the file update. And uh, I closed my computer out because I had to go get Jalen for football practice. And then you had to call me that morning like, what the hell, man? It upload. So I had to be at work trying to uphold my part of the my part of the pie. So that's when we missed uh, when we missed the deadline. That's totally my fault, man. I gotta be patient uh, and let it upload. You know what, though, dude? We uh, we still got it up on time. Oh yeah. Uh huh. See, you work magic, man. You complete me. Good job. <laughs> Good job, buddy. I, I sure do, man. I sure do. <laughs> and uh, that's totally my fault. I'm sorry. It, it's it's quite all right. So, the Bills were left for dead after Week One. Yes, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. The Super Bowl window has closed. Yes, the Jenga tower is falling. Yes, Josh Allen doesn't work hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean McDermott needs to be fired. Yes, Stephon Diggs don't want to be here. Get them out of here. All that stuff. And where are we today? Oh, what a difference a week makes. The NFL is the most fluid league in professional sports, man. Mm -hmm. The narratives change weekly. So much unlike college football, right? This weekend also, I went to the uh, Notre Dame-Duke game. I want to talk about that a little later, but... In college football, the good teams beat the bad teams nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. And when when Appalachian State goes to the big house and beats Michigan, it's like we rem- it lives in infamy. We remember that forever. Well, they talk but, about it for years. Yeah, but see that happens every week in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Bad teams beat our okay teams beat good teams. It's upsets because it's parody, especially this year. These first four weeks has been something else, man. <laughs> We've seen the Cowboys lose to uh, the Cardinals where they didn't think the Cardinals would win a game without Murray. This past week, Houston with a rookie quarterback, uh, C.J. Stroud, went and put a thumping on the Steelers. Who would have thunk that? Mm-hmm. They beat them so bad, they got Mike Tomlin talking about he going to make changes. And you know, he's <laughs> always buttoned up. He don't talk trash. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to make some changes around this joint, you know? <laughs> we know nothing. <laughs> we know nothing <laughs> a- about the NFL this season, and that's yes. kind of what makes it fun. This is what they want, right? They want oh, yeah. the parody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, if it was up to them, everybody would be 8-8, eight eight, you know what I'm saying? Or 9-8, yeah. nine nine you know? That's good. That's what I always thought. Because, you know, once again, we've talked about here on the show sometimes. It's people out there on the internet that think it's rigged. 
And I understand where they're coming from a little bit because mm. you know the NFL is in, the NFL is in bed with DraftKings and Vegas and all that. So I guess if you spend enough money, I guess I understand where these theories come from. I don't necessarily believe it, but I'm just saying I can understand why somebody would say that. Oh, you don't, do you? No. And so <laughs> if you go on the internet, you see people talking about it, right? Yep. But I always thought if if it was truly rigged, right? This is why I'm getting to. If it was truly rigged, I would think that the best thing for the NFL would be to have as much parity as possible. I don't want a Chiefs team with two losses. Mm-hmm. I don't want, you know, a San Francisco team with two losses. I want everybody to be nine and seven or nine and eight. If you have, that's what makes college basketball so good because turning time, everybody has a chance, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not everybody. Obviously, you know, George Mason made a run to the Final Four. If they would have won it all, that would have been incredible. My but Dayton Flyers went to the Dayton, Elite yep, Eight yep, and, and were a missed layup away from the Final Four. Yeah. So the little guy has a chance. You know what I'm saying? That's what makes it so good, right? Um, and if football is kind of like, okay, who's hot is, who's healthy, like all those things are, are important in NFL, you know? Mm-hmm. So. There's a lot to like from this past game, wasn't there? Yes, it was. It was so fun. The first couple of drives wasn't as fun, but I mean, once we settled in, man, it was amazing, dude. Well, you know, the first quarter of that game, there were five possessions and five touchdowns, and it looked like it was going to be an absolutely ridiculous track meet of a day. Right. And then, I will tell you, your boy, Jeff Adamczyk, said to me at the quarter, hey, look, when Tua doesn't throw to his first read, he gets skittish, and he doesn't exactly know what to do with the ball. Mm -hmm. And do you know, on the season leading into that game, Tua had thrown to his primary read 80% of the time, which was by far and away the, the most of any QB in the NFL. And what happened when the Bills masterfully took away that first lead? Yep. Read, not lead. <laughs> <laughs> he was patting the ball, holding on to it, and we were able to get to him. Um, Miami is a rhythm offense. We knew that coming in. And you once again, I believe that statistic because if you take away his first read, um, then we were able to get time to get to him. So I totally see that, man. And we were able to make the adjustments after those first couple of drives and, and, and get to him. So I'm very happy about that. Explain what you mean by a rhythm offense. Well, like you said, I mean, the ball got to get out one, two, here's where you're going with it. It's kind of predetermined, you know? Um, Unlike our quarterback, I mean, it's a lot of ad-libbing. I mean, you know, Tua's accurate. He's not really a deep ball thrower. So it's about precision and putting ball in certain spots. Um, The person who was probably best at that lately was probably Drew Drew Brees. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, rhythm, getting it out. But he ain't throwing the ball over 15, 20 yards, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't even know if two is able to do that consistently, you know. Um, their offense, once again, is precision, putting the ball. He's he's uh, very accurate getting the ball out of his hands, especially with his injury uh, issues also, his injury history. He wants to get the ball out of his hands, but he wasn't able to do that. Before the game, we heard about how the Dolphins were doing things that had never been seen before. How this was a revolutionary new offense that 
the NFL just was not going to be able to figure out. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> we figured it out. The Bills figured it out. <laughs> yeah, they, they was all, they were already anointing them the '99 Rams uh, greatest show on turf after a few games. And just like I said earlier, this is a fluid league, bro. Like, yeah, you have a good run of four games, you know, um, and and we're on a historic run right now. All right, the last three games we we average win. Our average win was over 20, 28 points, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like the first time in like years that that has happened. Um, so once again, the narrative is always fluid. Now, gee whiz, Josh Allen back is the Ben Nye's favorite of winning MVP now. <laughs> After we lost to the Jets, he wasn't even in the top 10. Now, all of a sudden, in the power rankings, we're number three behind the Eagles and the 49ers, who are both playing good football, especially 49ers. Yes, 49ers um, are looking like a, a juggernaut just due to their physicality. Yeah. On one thing we can say is you said we don't know anything, but what we can say almost the quarter uh point of the season, now with 17 games, um the exact quarter point will be after the first quarter in London, all right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> good math. You know, oh yeah, I'm pretty good at that. Um but at, we do know some things, right? Right now we're number 3 I think Sal Capaccio said we're number three in the AFC East. I mean, in the AFC overall, the three seed, if it was a start today, I know it's not starting today. Um, but Cincinnati, man, one more loss, they might be out of it. You know? Yeah. Kansas City ain't looking too Kansas City in right right now. Yeah, they're undefeated. But they are they really looking like the Chiefs, though? Yeah. You think so? I beg to differ. <laughs> I mean, what do you want? Well, they're undefeated. That's fine. But do you okay? Let me ask you this: If we played the Chiefs tomorrow, would you be scared of them? Yes. Well, you're not scared of them. No, no. We've been beating them in the regular season, so no. Come on, come on. They're <laughs> not looking impossible right now, and we always beat them in a the regular season. Oh, well, we have beaten them in the regular season. Yeah. You know, then the Chiefs then they struggle on Sunday. Um. Well, the, you know, the Jets played really well for a while, and they just couldn't keep up eventually. Yeah, so they struggled with, with the Jets. Who beat us? Okay, that's fair, but I don't know. I just, I'm not scared of them. I'm not going into the season. It was like, okay, how can we keep up with the Chiefs? How can we keep up with, uh, how can we keep up with the uh, Bengals? Right? right. You know, and Burrow just don't look like Burrow right now, which no. is great. Hopefully, the next month he's still looking bad. That All bad right? calf has really affected his play. All right, we were able to beat Miami, and and granted, we beat. And I'm not. Let's just keep it real. You know, we do that on this show. All right, Miami was down a couple of players, important players, mm-hmm. right? Jalen Ramsey, their best cover corner, he was out. Uh, Phillips didn't play. Their starting center didn't play. They had Liam Eichelberg from Notre Dame starting as center, okay? And then uh, Teron Armstead, he left the game in the first half. So they were down mm-hmm. some players, but we took advantage of them and we beat them. We beat the brakes and monkey stomped them like we should have. I love it when you say monkey stomp. Oh, we monkey stomped them. <laughs> Everybody thought that they was going to kill us. They was going to, you know, and, and I believe we picked this as a win. Right, I believe in the, in the preseason we both picked the Miami game as a win. Did we? I thought I picked it as a loss. Did you, you might have. I know I picked it as a win. I said we were going to split home and away. 
Oh, you know what? I think I, I said we would. Uh, I, I think I said the Bills would win this one and then lose in December. Yeah, yeah. And 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 once again, Miami's going to rebound. They're going to get healthy. Um, I will. I'm actually going to be at that game. We'll be in Florida over Christmas break. I'm going to go to that game. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. I mean, I, I know I'm getting long winded. I'm sorry, but yeah. I just think that the Jets ain't going to be jetting like we thought. Cincinnati ain't Cincinnatian. Yet. Joe Burrow in here, and then the Chiefs. I mean, I think we could get them. I, I, I'm just saying, after four weeks, we look, we look like we got a path there. I you agree know? with that 100. percent Because at this point, these Buffalo Bills look scary good. Yes. Not only have the Bills won by 28 points each of these weeks, Josh Allen hasn't played the entire game because they've been so far ahead. And that's what you want, man. You want to we, put the backups in, everybody laughing and high five. That's Hey, that only thing in football that's better than that is victory formation, right? <laughs> victory formation, when you bring the guys up there in the gaps, the A-gaps, and then, you know, your quarterback down it. That's a wonderful feeling, victory formation. Mm-hmm. The next best thing is you getting to see your backups. I want to see Kyle Allen. I want to see Shakur in there at the extra seat. Like, you want to see your backups play and all your guys on the sideline drinking uh, Gatorade, celebrate, doing interviews, messing with the fans. Speaking of which, man, what about Stefan Diggs, man, with the beer? Isn't that awesome? That was awesome, man. And that I, was great. Didn't uh, didn't Spencer Brown do that? Did he? Yeah, he did, he did that uh, last year or the year before, which I, oh. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Oh, that is hilarious, dude. I loved it. I was like, man, B, I don't know if I want beer on my uniform, but Diggs, man, he crazy, dude. He's a watch. <laughs> like I said, when we went to the uh, Commanders game, we were sitting like four rows behind his family, and he kept coming over and stuff. Man, he's a hoot to watch, man. He's hilarious. But he doesn't like it in Buffalo. He I wants know, out. He I know. can't stand Josh Allen. I know. They hate each other. He hates cats and babies and all the beautiful <laughs> things in the world. I know. That's what they said. But I tell you, man, in, <laughs> in society, that's what they said is probably the worst thing in the world you could say. You ever did that? I mean, I mean, maybe that's a cultural thing. You hear something like, man, that's what they said. And you'd be like, well, who in the hell is they? You know they. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that is with you. Oh, man, Stefan Diggs don't want to be there. Who said that? You know, they said that. Well, who the hell is they? You know? <laughs> they know the dude. They haven't met the dude. No, man, I just read it on Twitter, man. Well, who said it? I don't know, man. Shoot. Some Yahoo, you know? That's... uh. <laughs> I don't want to say who it is, but I have a family member who uses they said as proof of whatever they're claiming. <laughs> they said, oh, they're supposed to give it like, you know, credence. That's what yeah. they said. Like, well, I, I disagree with that. Well, that's not what they said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, man. They said, boy, that is incredible. Can we talk about your boy, Josh Allen? Yes, let's please do. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting off on it. That's Three passing we... touchdowns. A rushing touchdown, a perfect QB rating, zero interceptions, over 300 yards. This has only been accomplished one other time in history. Yes. This dude is making freaky history. And as bad as he was week one, he was just as good, if not better. He was almost perfect. Five touchdowns, man. That's why he went once again. I don't know exactly what the – uh. 
the uh, line is, but he's the uh, favorite right now, week five, to uh, for MVP voting. So that's where you want to be, man. I don't want to hear Josh Allen look like crap. He ain't got it no more. I want to hear this, that he's an MVP candidate. Just the week prior, it was to, to a tag of Iloa, who was yeah. the favorite for the MVP. And people were saying, yeah, but can you believe he had more touchdown passes than interceptions? Josh Allen does that this week. Yep. Do you think that this Bills team was particularly up for this game? Yes. Trying to make a statement, trying to stomp out the little brother? Yes. Yes. Miami might have his time, their time, but their time wasn't, wasn't Sunday. Um, I think so. And they knew it had to be a sense of urgency there because if we would have lost to Miami, we wouldn't have I – mean, you know, we wouldn't have been out of it, but it would have made our job a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And and you saw that with their play. It was flawless after, once again, the second series. And I was nervous. I ain't going to lie. It was back and forth. I'm like, oh, my God. This is like whoever has the ball last is going to win right. this game. You know? And I was like, I don't want to get in a track meet with Miami. But no. then we tightened things up, and we were able to pull away. So the thing that concerned me the most about this game is the – chunk yardage plays that the Buffalo Bills give up. Mm-hmm. And they still gave away some of these. Yes, we did. Yeah, they they did. Um, look no farther than the running game. Devin O'Shane. Or Devin O'Shane. Yep. He Eight had, carries. Yeah. 100 yards. Eight carries. Yeah, 12.6 a carry with a long okay. of 55. The guy was good. Yeah, he was. The guy was really good. Now, they couldn't use him late in the game because they were behind by so much. But, yeah, I mean, there there were some long plays in there. If you take a look at the receivers, the long plays for each of these receivers, 20, 17, 15, 22, 22, 23, long runs of 55, 14, 11. These are big chunks. Right. But... They were able to get Tua off his spots long enough that despite the fact that they were giving up these big plays, they couldn't keep anything sustained after the first quarter. Right. Right. I don't mind the yardage of how it played out afterwards as long as Josh Allen kept looking superior. Once again, we keep banging the drum and echoing the same sentiment that when Josh Allen looks like this, we won't lose anybody. We won't lose. We will beat Philly with this Josh Allen. We will beat the Cowboys in December with this Josh Allen. Yes. I have no doubt in my mind. So the defense played excellent, okay? And you're not going to just shut out to a T and the Miami Dolphins. No, they're too good. They're too good. You know what I'm saying? So although we didn't go the distance with them, we did corral them. We kept them in check most of the day, and that's why we ended up with a 28-point home victory. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I just want to keep talking about it. <laughs> so let me, let me bring up to you a player that I liked in this game. Okay. Latavius Murray. Yes. I am finding this running back room to be so effective. This season, because Mm -hmm. James Cook wasn't really getting it going. He had 12 rushes for 29 yards. But he did score, though. 
you did score. I was happy about that. But when they needed big yardage in big situations, they turned to Latavius Murray and he got it. Yes. Not bad for an old guy. No. And I like I like Murray also. And when we had to, you know, wind the clock down, he was getting chunk yardage in the run game, up the middle, uh, in between the tackles. And once again, I, I think I said this last week in the Commanders game, I – I don't. I wish we get him on a perimeter more. It's like I feel like I don't know. Out of twelve rushes, I feel like all of them are like up the middle, an A gap or right James there. James Cook, that is. Yeah, James Cook. I want to see him on a perimeter more. Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't know. That's my little pet peeve. I'm gonna stay positive, but uh, yeah, I mean, and 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 uh, Miami defense they stout in the middle, and he couldn't get it going, which is fine. But he did affect the game in the passing game. What about mm-hmm. that 50-yard catch? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. So, yeah, he finished the day with almost, you know, 70 yards um, of offense. So, yeah, I mean, he didn't get 100, but I could live with that. But you're right. Murray, four carries, 32 yards was quite effective. And then uh, Damian Harris, too, six Six carries, 29 yards. Yeah, almost five yards a carry. Fantastic. And I feel like we would be remiss if we were not talking about Terrell Bernard again. Yes. What is going on with these linebackers for the Buffalo Bills? These guys are out of their damn minds. I think this is the best Matt Milano has ever played. Yes. Which is certainly making Terrell Bernard's job a lot easier. I was concerned about Bernard because if you're trying to take away the first option of the Miami offense in the passing game, usually you have to line up man to man. And in this case, I was thinking, you know, Bernard is good in zone. He's not great in man to man. It didn't matter. They found ways of getting the matchups that they needed. And they also were changing up their coverages enough that, that Tua was a bit confused, and this confusion led to that interception by Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde, yep. But Terrell Bernard and Matt Milano are doing such a good job in the middle of the Bills' defense, it seems like they're in on every other play. Yes. Yes, you're right. I agree. I think having Matt Milano on the field, a player of that caliber next to you, it, it helps a young player out. You know, I do agree with that. Matt Milano, 10 tackles, eight of them solo. Uh, Terrell Bernard had uh, five tackles, two solos. So our linebacker core is looking good, man. And, and once again, McDermott with his schemes, what he's doing is not just being don't play, but we're, we're attacking also. Um, I would be remiss to talk about our defense by talking about linebackers first. We got to talk about our D-line right now. Yeah, th- yes. 100%. So you need, to, you need to get to that. You know, linebacker, Matt Milano, we know he's all world. He He's doing his thing. We said him for uh, defensive MVP until I saw Khalil Mack and what he did this week. <laughs> Six sacks. That's insane. Sacks, bro. <laughs> Six sacks. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So And, and we thought Greg Rousseau had a big day with two. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he ain't doing nothing. But I mean, collectively, we're looking good, man. Ed Oliver, he's looking like he's deserving the money he's got because we were worried about Ed Oliver. <laughs> we was worried. We had some questions about him. 
It's not um, common that you think a player got overpaid and then they live up to the contract and that's right. what he's doing. When's, when's the last time we saw that happen? Exactly, right? Like, geez, we, he might need to hold out for more money, you know? <laughs> Shut your but, face, Newt. But that's what happens when you're a good team. If you get guys performing over their contracts, that's what you want, you know? So, once again, we're always on uh, Brandon Bean and some of his mishaps in the draft, but – that contract after the first quarter of the season looks pretty good. Ed Oliver, this weekend, two tackles for a loss and a sack. The, Greg, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. Greg Rousseau, two tackles for a loss and two sacks. And now we saw, because we, well, we was questioning last week, but it's confirmed now that, you know, our boy Von Miller, mm-hmm. he's practicing and he might even play this weekend. I don't want him to play. No, I hope he doesn't. I hope he does not, but it's on the table. So he's practicing. Uh, he's been showing videos of him working out. He looks great. Once again, with the way our defense is playing, we don't need him right now. You know, and if he does play, I definitely want him on a pitch count. But I'm just bringing it up because it's, it's just going to add another, another wonderful piece, okay, to an already great defensive line and how they're playing right now. Next week is something that we are going to get to in short order. But before we get there, you mentioned Tredavious White going down with an Achilles injury, a non-contact injury. This isn't good, Newt. This could be a career ender. Yeah, and we text each other when it happened. and, And you could tell from the way the team reacted, the way he was reacting, that it was something that was going to be serious. I mean... Achilles injuries, bro, like a lot of people don't come back the same. If you even if you do come back with modern medicine, you know, you can um definitely come back. Kobe Bryant came back. I don't know if he was ever the same. I don't know if that's because of Achilles Achilles injury or that was because of age. But your Achilles injury, it's is hard. And you're coming off of ACL. It's just been a string of bad luck for one of our best defensive players. Um, I feel bad for him personally, but I'm gonna tell you, man, I I don't think all is lost with him being gone. I it was easy for me to turn the page and be like, okay, now we're gonna Dane Jackson got in the game. Um Bedford's going to be there, and now we're going to dress Elam. So, mm-hmm. obviously, we don't have another Tredavious White on the roster. But There's not many that will have two Tredavious Whites on the roster. He is right. an all-pro. He's an all-pro type player, right? But I think if we add up some of the parts, I think it could be okay. So, Maybe. I'm looking yeah. – I guess I'm saying is I'm sad for him personally because I hate to see an athlete continuously go out like that because I understand how hard that is. Um, But I am looking forward to Elam dressing, getting a jersey, and getting out there. Yeah, let's see see what they've got in this guy and if they can coach him up to do something that he uh, never did in college. But, hey, big news. It is time that we welcome the man who is going to preview the Jacksonville Jaguars game with us. This would be AP beat writer for football, hockey. He's an author. 
He was with us a couple of weeks ago. His yeah. name is Stephen Wino. Wino, welcome back, buddy. Uh, I'm back. This is this this is a two-time appearance now. Yes. It's kind of like a girl in the date, man. If she calls you back after the date, man, you ain't good, man. You wouldn't have heard from us no more. It would have been pretty bad. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad last time wasn't terribly disappointing. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, we're we're uh, we're we're not amongst the people you've disappointed. <laughs> That's a long list, so I'm glad we didn't add that add you to that list. No, you were so good the last time. We said we got to have this guy back, and that's uh, what a number of our listeners said to us. Now, you are the beat reporter for the Washington Commanders, and you very much predicted what was going to happen in that game. I, 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 was, I wasn't even as, as close as I should have been on, on it being a blowout. I didn't expect that. I expected the Bills to win handily. I didn't expect it to be that, right, Jamie? No, you, you didn't say it was going to be quite that big, but... Why would we have a beat reporter for the Washington Commanders here to preview the Jacksonville Jaguars? Explain that to the audience, Wino. I, I, I grew up a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Um, I, I need to get my Trevor Lawrence jersey out of my, uh, out of my suitcase. I, I've actually watched the Jaguars play in London, did that a few years ago when they're at Wembley. This obviously is at Tottenham Stadium, but I, I, I have a life, lifelong Jacksonville Jaguars fan who is from nowhere near Jacksonville. So how did it happen? Um, this is the, the the story that is crazy enough that uh, I was at a county fair. I was eight years old, summer of 1994, and I was playing a ring toss game. Uh, and the pri- and I won. I throw the ring on the two-liter bottle, and I won. And I'm, I'm a kid, but I recognize every other NFL football helmet that's with the prizes, except for a silver helmet with a jumping Jaguar logo on it. I asked the guy, oh, it's the expansion Jacksonville Jaguars. They start playing next season. I've had the helmet ever since. I've been a fan ever since. Uh, and and have experienced a lot of losing since. <laughs> a lot of people might not know that uh, jumping Jaguar logo, though. Right, because the Jaguar car company sued them for the logo, and they never wore it. the The original logo that they launched the franchise with, and and the original like uniforms, which looked like Jaguar uh, print, was never used. Huh. Yeah, go go Google that. It's a it's a it's a. Uh, it, the, the fact that all, all the, the launch of the franchise was a jumping Jaguar logo looks very similar to the Jaguar on the, uh, the Jaguar car company logo. Oh. So let me launch in with a question here. And then, Newt, it's, uh, it's your job. Follow me up. You've done this trip. You, you've seen the, the game in London. How big of an advantage do you think it is that the Jaguars have already been in London for a week and the Buffalo Bills are going to be traveling soon? It, it, Jim, it's a, it's a small advantage. Like it, it certainly is something that this is different for the Jaguars. Like they no, they haven't done two games in a row overseas. And I have to imagine there's a little bit of, of kind of the jet lag factor of, of the, the bills are going to take a little bit longer to kind of acclimate to the time zone. Right. But I don't think it's something that, that is, is a, is a damning against the bills sort of factor. If I think it's a, something that that's early on in the game might be something that conditioning and that sort of thing might be something that you have, you have to watch for. But I wouldn't say it's a huge deal. And I think there might be a little bit too, if the Jaguars being away from home, players being away from home and being in London for all this long, that it may not be an advantage. It may, it may be different that they have not, that they've been kind of sleeping in hotels for a week and a half instead of being kind of in their own beds and, and that sort of thing. So that, that's something that, that this is going to be a fascinating social experiment to see just how they handle that and whether it's an advantage to, to, to have been kind of acclimated to the time zone and everything there. 
Yeah, I was disappointed to find out we're not leaving. They're going to leave, I believe, Thursday on a red eye to go over. And I just remember when I went to Europe, uh, my wife and I went over there with Georgetown's women's basketball European trip back in 2017. And I just remember, you know, leaving New York, flying over to uh, Italy. Um, I just remember it took me days to get back right, you know, and I don't know when you're talking about athletics and you're talking about performance, like I'm just walking around doing tours and stuff. I couldn't imagine me trying to play a game after getting off that flight. So I'm not going to lie. Um, it, I, it, it bothers me that we're leaving so late. I, I thought in my mind that we were going to probably leave like Monday, you know? Right. Yeah. That's um, what I thought too. That's, that's yeah. what teams usually do. They'll, they'll leave on Tuesday and practice there Wednesday or Thursday, Friday. But this, that's, that's an interesting decision by, uh, by, by Sean McDermott and company there. Yeah, I don't like it. But um, I was going to ask you why I know. I'm looking at y'all's schedule so far. So you all played, and when I say you all, I mean Jacksonville. Um, you all beat uh, Indianapolis. Then you lost to Kansas City 17-9. Houston. Oh, well, you know what? Hold on, Wino. Let me get off script real quick. I got a question for you we were talking about before you got on. What are your thoughts about Kansas City? You think the Kansas City Chiefs are looking like the Chiefs right now? Do you are you scared of them right now? Like, how, how do you feel about the Chiefs and how they're playing? Because Jamie and I differ. The only teams in the AFC that actually scare me are the Bills and the Chiefs. And, and that that being said, the Jaguars, like, just basically the wheels fell off and and some bad decisions. The Jaguars were in that game and should have been in that game, should have won that game against the Chiefs. The the, the Jets game the other night certainly was a, a question of like. Where is this team going? But like you've, you've seen this with, with Mahomes and Andy Reid teams before. It doesn't really matter how they're playing now. They Yes, they scare me in, in January. Yes. Mm, okay. So you were Jamie. And I told him that I'm not – like right now, after the first four games, the quarter of the season uh, over, like it's no team that's really scaring me right now. I feel like the Chiefs aren't looking like the Chiefs right now. Uh, Joe Burrow looks horrible right now. The Steelers, they got whooped by upstart Houston, who also beat y'all. Um, I mean, I feel like once and once again, it's fluid, but I'm saying right now, today, I'm not scared of anybody. In, um, um, the Jets lost their quarterback also, so I just feel like right now, and once again, it's plenty of football to be played. I think we could go in and eat, in, beat anyone in a one-game, you know, situation. And by the way, I made a mistake. I said that the uh, the Chiefs were undefeated. They're three and one. They lost to Detroit. Yeah, the first the game. Open, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. So I'm glad you were able to solve that for us. You you go with Jamie. You you still think Kansas City is chiefing? So we're gonna have to keep <laughs> eye on that. Um, what about Houston in your division, man? I mean, you all lost to Houston 37-17, and then they come back and beat the Steelers, man. What's up with Houston in y'all division? Is is it maybe CJ Stroud is for real? I think I think that's my concern about about Houston is is and the Jaguars shot themselves in the foot a million times in that game. Special teams disasters allowed a, a, a punt return touchdown and all these sort of things that. But like when you lose by twenty points to anybody. Especially a team like Houston, who you were who had two top ten picks, and you weren't expecting to to be a good team. Yeah, that, that's cause for concern. Coming into this season, there was growing talk about Trevor Lawrence improving in, incrementally each year, and thought being that you know the Jags they they could end up being a top three or four team in the AFC. 
What were the expectations of the Jaguars coming into the season amongst fans and media types like yourself? Yeah, I, I think it, it was almost too much, Jamie. Like, I, I think it was a little bit of, of, and Peter King came out and said, oh, because of the schedule they play in the division, the terrible division they're in, the Jaguars might be the top seed in the AFC and that the AFC goes through Jacksonville. And I think a little, I don't know if it got to, it, it got in their heads or, or anything like that, but I, it certainly felt like everyone was overlooking or at least undervaluing maybe Houston, maybe how competitive Tennessee and Indianapolis can be. But there was expectation that the Jaguars, after going to the playoffs last year, challenging the Chiefs, would be in that conversation among the AFC's elite. And what we've seen so far is there's glimpses. I mean, you add Calvin Ridley and, and, and to, to this offense, they're going to get Cam Robinson back. They're their left tackle after a suspension for the first four games. So we, I don't know if we've seen the Jaguars become themselves yet. But the expectation is that they, they need to win this division. And, and, and at that point, you're, you're, you're having at least a home playoff game and the chance to do that. And Trevor Lawrence, and, and I think they, they said this on the broadcast the other day, like you almost throw out his rookie year because Urban Meyer was a train wreck. And so mm-hmm. he's, he's almost coming in now, instead of being a, a third-year quarterback, he's kind of a second, two-and-a-half-year quarterback because by the time they dumped Urban Meyer, it was too late. And, and, and one of the decisions that all, could have ruined Trevor Lawrence if you had Urban Meyer around for too much longer. But he is a guy who has the ability to make great throws. We've seen that. He took off and ran a little bit more against the Falcons, which I really like to see. Um, but he also is one of those guys who's probably due for an interception a game or a turnover a game. Uh, and, and he doesn't, he's not been good playing in the rain. That, that, that's something that, that's kind of been a hole in, in his sort of development. But if there's anyone you trust with a young quarterback, it's Doug Peterson. I mean, he, he, he turned Carson Wentz into something great until the injury, and now he's been garbage since. And, and, and he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. So I, I, I like where the Jaguars are headed. I just, from my expectation, is they're still a year or two away from challenging the Bills, Chiefs, elite level on kind of a perennial basis. You talked about what you heard on the telecast. Let's talk about the telecast real quick. I know you watched the game Sunday morning, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Did you watch the Toy Story version or the regular version on uh, Amazon Prime? I I was at a Jaguars bar in Manhattan watching the regular version um, with the sound on. But I did see, like, I kept checking on Twitter and and everything with the Toy Story version. And that was really, that was some cool stuff, like the Andy's Room background and, like, for those of us who grew up in the '90s, like it was, it, it was cool to see the kind of thing that, like, that, that the kind of augmented reality can do. Yes, indeed. And so you were in, you were in New York, and you went to a bar to watch the game at nine o'clock. Yes. So were you already inebriated at that point by halftime? Like, what is your? Because we're we're thinking about it for this weekend. Like, how should I consume the game? When should I wake <laughs> up? What should I be eating? What should I? When did I start drinking? Like, what what was your day like that morning? Get ready well, for the game. My my first drink was at nine sixteen. Travis Trevor Lawrence number sixteen. I waited till nine sixteen to start a drink. Start drinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and look, there are sometimes I'm I can be irrational about this stuff, even working in sports. But yes, I, but it was a pacing effort throughout the day because I needed to make it to to watch the Jets Chiefs game at the end of the night. The the the, mm-hmm. the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift fest that we all got to got to witness yes. the other night. Um, it was I think it was a pacing. If you don't care about the rest of the day. Uh, go hard at at at, at, at uh, mimosa or whatever at at, at nine thirty in the morning. Uh, but if you want to pace yourself, uh, which I was able to to, to do until about eleven thirty the other night when that game was over, which is good. 
Um, yeah, it's. It, I, I would suggest eating something earlier. There was. Uh, I actually got the, uh, the the Duval burrito uh, that they were serving uh, at at, uh, at St. Pat's Bar in Manhattan. They had a, had a Travis Etienne uh, a sam uh, uh, ham sandwich and a Trevor Lawrence steak bagel. They they all looked delicious. So man, just, yeah. just, my my advice would be to eat early. I'm asking you because I was just telling before you got on. I was telling Jamie this weekend I'm going to Louisville to see Notre Dame for, uh, at Louisville. And I'm going to meet my boy Joe Johnson there. He's a Louisville grad. Oh, Big oh, yeah. Joe. So I'm going to meet him there. He's a Louisville grad. Obviously, I'm just a Subway fan of Notre Dame. So we're going to meet up, go to the game. And I'm sure that's going to be a late night. And I'm going to have to wake up somehow, even if I go to sleep, which that could very well not happen, and uh, watch the Bills in Jacksonville in London at 9 o'clock in the morning. So By the way, that. a big Newt and Joe Johnson put a bet on this game, and the loser <laughs> has to do push-ups. Yeah. And Newt was like, oh, what are we going to do, like 10 or 20? And Joe says, well, I was thinking 100. And, right. you know, we started laughing and I'm like, Joe, not all of us are former professional athletes, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he still looks like he could go down on the field and play. Yes, he can. He he looks the part. It's just his back probably wouldn't hold up. So he has uh, some back problems, nerve damage or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, man, so I'm just thinking in my mind, I'm like, should I just stay up, pull all night and just dive into the game and then just – you know, go to sleep after that. That could very well happen. You are way yeah. too old for an all-nighter, Newt. I, I might, man. Hey, if Notre Dame pulls off. Did you see the Notre Dame game Saturday night at Duke? I mean, yeah. we won that game at the end, like, with a minute left. Man, we ran, like, a 30-yard touchdown, man. I was pulling out the little hairs I do have on my head. I was pulling them all out, man. And so the, the Duke fans, they really came in that game thinking they were going to win, and they left dejected. So it was a fun night that night. You've had a stressful run as a Notre Dame fan the last couple of weeks. I have, man. I have, dude. It was the highs of highs, the lows of lows. Ohio State, we should have won that game. But we talk about the ebbs and flows of a season. I feel like we played good enough to beat Ohio State, but we should have lost to Duke. Not on paper, but just how we played, Duke, Duke probably should have won that game. But we pulled it out. We made one more play than they, they did. Back to the Buffalo Bills and Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm sorry to digress, gentlemen, but Steve, I would love to know, tell Bills fans who are the players that fans should be aware of before the game? Who's playing well? Who are the Bills going to have to key on during this game? Well, I, I'm gonna. I, I think everybody knows the offensive players: uh, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Calvin Ridley, and Christian Kirk, or even Evan, Evan Ingram, who's been in the, in the league for a while with the Giants and now the Jaguars. The defensive side of the ball is is where if you, if you don't know the, the Jaguars well, the other Josh Allen, uh, Ed, the, the linebacker Josh Allen, has played well early in the season, and and will this will be a matchup to, to determine who is the greatest Josh Allen on earth uh, between <laughs> your, your Bills quarterback and, and the Jaguars linebacker. Uh, Andre Sisco is a, a safety who I think he picked off Desmond Ritter the other day. Definitely just makes big plays. One of those guys who just flies under the radar. And if you don't watch the Jaguars a whole lot, is is a really nice player. And and, and they have another number one number one pick on on the roster, Trayvon Walker, uh, a defensive end, also kind of the edge rusher type. Uh, the, the the Jaguar took him ahead of Hutchinson, who who went to Detroit a couple of years ago. And and the defense probably hasn't played as as well as you would like or certainly didn't against the Houston Texans and and had some some mistakes against the Chiefs but this is a a defense of of largely no name players when you're not paying attention to this team but 
I would say Cisco Walker and, and the other Josh Allen uh, are, are the key guys. I mentioned earlier, Cam Robinson, their, their left tackle, is coming off uh, off a four game suspension, and he'll play. But this is a this is a team that you're not gonna you're not gonna recognize a whole lot of names unless you pay attention. How are they going to perform? Uh, I, I I hope well. Um, <laughs> I, I, I hope well um, that. And and they did against the, the Falcons, man. Like they, like this was this was a, a a as much as it was not a blowout early. It was a seventeen nothing game that really was closer than what the score indicated. But the Falcons was a, a nice warm up game for what a, a challenge the Bills are. This you're not playing play, playing a young quarterback like Desmond Ritter anymore. You're you're not playing a, a coach in Arthur Smith who who might be on the hot seat. Uh, it, it was kind of almost like a here's the appetizer in London for the Jaguars now to face a team like the Bills. And I, and I think the Bills, correct me if I'm wrong, are, are, are a seven-point favorite going into this game, right? Yeah, I think the line is five now. But, yes, we are favorite. And that makes sense. I, based on what the Bills have shown against the Dolphins, against the Commanders in the last couple of weeks, the Jaguars stubbing their toe against the Texans, and and, and we don't really know how good the Falcons are. It, it, yes, the, the, the Bills deserve to be favorite yeah five and a half the latest on 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 FanDuel that yeah. that makes that makes a lot of sense so you you had mentioned the defense most recently what do they do well on defense they're, they're good at pressuring quarterbacks into making decisions and, and this is Roy Robertson Harris is, is is their defensive tackle on the inside he was one of the big reasons against the Chargers last year that the Jaguars were able to come back from that deficit and just create pressure up the middle um, they, they've been relatively okay at, at stopping the run, but you do have playmakers in, in, in the secondary. Andre Sisko being one of them, being not, not only one. Rayshon Jenkins is back there. Tyson Campbell is back there. Young players. Chad Muma is, 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 is one of their linebackers. He had a, a big play knocking down a pass by Desmond Ritter last week. Uh, this is a, a defense that is it's insane how different this defense is from 2018 when the Jaguars pushed the, the Patriots to the fourth quarter, led, the, led New England in the fourth quarter of the AFC title game, and no one is still around from that defense. It's been completely remade since then. But with young players who, as, as much of a disaster as Urban Meyer was, actually drafted some, some nice players to add to this team. You're up, Newt. You said what? Yeah, I said you're up, Newt. Oh, yeah. Well, I like <laughs> I like uh, Jacksonville. I mean, I, I I feel good about this game going into the only thing that uh, scares me is the fact that you know we're getting there three days before kickoff. So uh, Trevor Lawrence right now he's only thrown a few touchdowns. So I'm I'm not really worried about this game. Um, but how we handle the travel is my only issue. So I think it'll be a Buffalo win. So what what does Buffalo have to do to win this game, Wino? Uh, make Trevor Lawrence turn the ball over. And and, and the, the Falcons actually did a really good job last week of uh, of keeping Travis Etienne from finding any room on the ground. I, I was, as I was watching, I was like, it sounds like he's going to have 20 carries for, for 45 yards. Really did. He had 20 carries for 55 yards, and that still wasn't enough to slow down the, the, the Jaguars' offense. Tre- Trevor spread the ball around a lot, tried to get the ball a lot to Evan Ingram, to Christian Kirk. It's what he's going to do again. Calvin Ridley is a guy who we have saw before the, the gambling suspension last year and he missed the whole season, is a dangerous receiver who can make big plays down the field. And, and the Jaguars can do that. Uh, you, the, I think the, the key for the Bills is making Trevor Lawrence 
turn the ball over, whether it's forcing a fumble, throwing a pick, uh, even without Tredavious White, which is, as you guys were discussing, is a, is a terrible injury. Uh, this is a, a Bill secondary and linebacking core with Matt Milano uh, and company that can turn, and we saw this against Sam Howe, can turn the ball over a lot. Uh, I think takeaways, giveaways will be the key to this game. So, do you have a prediction? Well versed. Yeah, I I I I, th- I, th- I agree with you guys. I think the, I think the Bills win this game. I, I the, the, the Buffalo is clicking right now. I'm gonna go something like 27, 21. I think I think it's a good game. I think that spread at five and a half, six is about right. Uh, the, the the Jaguars, if they get Cam Robinson back and kind of settle everything on the offensive line, they they can win this game. I mean this this is not going to be. I don't think this is going to be a blowout either way. I think this is a a one score game. Certainly, uh, I'll, I'll go Bills 27, 21. Newt, what do you think? 21-14, Buffalo. All right. I say that Jacksonville wins this game. And the reason I'm saying that, this goes back to my uh, preseason prediction. I think a team that has been there for two weeks versus a team that is getting there a few days before is a huge advantage for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that it's going to be close, but I think the Jaguars, which is a good team, is probably going to pull this out I think they're going to win it 27-24. Bills are going to make a late run, but they're not going to be able to fully overcome. I hope that I'm wrong about that. I hope um, that you're right. You don't think I'm right? Well, screw you. I hope you're right. I very much hope you're right. Oh, you yeah. hope I'm right. Well, screw you too. You <laughs> That was deserved. You Judas. Hey, Wino, do you have any in your uh Jaguar Kingdom, man? Do you got any Judas like Jamie D, man, rooting against your team, actively rooting against your team, man? Actively, like I'll kick your ass. I, I, I admire Jamie being able to to stick to kind of his what he thought at the start of the year, and you stick to your principles. You know what? None, none of anything of what we think is actually gonna determine who what happens in this game. That is so logical. I can't even believe that a sports writer would <laughs> dare present a sports fan with something like that. That makes too much sense. So think what you want and, 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 and root for your team and enjoy the game. It's, I, th- I think it's going to be a good game. I, th- I, I would love to see this, this being a rematch in the AFC title game. That would make me very happy. Oh, that'd be cool. You mentioned earlier about Taylor Swift. We didn't mention that last weekend. We forgot we ran out of time. We do have to touch on that because that's one of the big stories going on the last couple of weeks. With uh, if you haven't heard, you've been under a rock, or you still got regular cable vision, uh, cable instead of uh, streaming. That Taylor Swift has been seen at the last two Kansas City Chiefs games uh, last week in Kansas City, and then this past Sunday in New York. She's a thing with tight end Travis Kelsey. Some people think it's real love. Some people think that it's just uh, a publicity stunt because she got a movie coming out in the next couple of weeks. What say you guys? Are you all tired of the Swifties? Or are you all think that's cute? What, 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 what's your ideas? You go first, Wino. I'm really fascinated with Jamie, with Jamie, Jamie what your thoughts are on this. Um, I, I want to think this is real. I, and if it's real, it's a fantastic story. It's just two famous, attractive people in their 30s finding love and having fun, or whatever it is, having fun. I, I, I think it's great. Uh, maybe the NFL is going a little overboard and trying to capitalize on this. But, hey, the, the, the Chiefs should lean into this. I, I hope these two kids are, are happy with whatever they're doing. Okay, that's a good political correct answer. I'm going to tell you what I think. 
Um, I think it's hilarious. It's memes out there, and please go look at Twitter. They showed the evolution of Travis Kelsey and his dating. Um, he had a longtime girlfriend. He was a, she was a sister, and then he had the beard going with the fade. He'll be doing the Dougie and dancing and stuff. But now he's with Taylor Swift. He cut the beard off. He got like a farmer's mustache. The way he's dressing. So I don't know. I I kind of think with that. Which one is he really? So it's kind of like, all right, maybe this is a publicity stunt. Um, but we do know that him and his brother, Jersey sales went up exponentially. Uh, his his <laughs> his Instagram followers went up like a million or something like that. So uh, that's definitely been the Swifties uh, in support of her new boot. There you have it. You're like, where you go after that? I know. I know. Why no said he wanted to know what I thought? I do. I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't. Like, get that TMZ stuff out of my face. I do not pay attention to what any celebrity is doing. I I remember years ago, somebody said to me, did you know Benefer broke up? I'm like, what's a Benefer? And they had to explain to me that it was Ben Affleck dating Jennifer Lopez. I'm like, what? They were. I, I, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Nope. You're not a Swifty? <laughs> well, I didn't nope. say that. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, I have a general, uh, a, a general industry question for you, Steve. A- as a writer, you know, you get access to athletes that the rest of us don't get, and we only hear stories from time to time. But when it comes to things like, you know, you you hear the term off the record from somebody who's in the profession, what does that mean? And whenever, well, I I, I, I should say whenever it comes up, people think that it's something unbelievable that you're hearing and you just can't talk about it. What's it like? How do you end up off the record? And is it always a scintillating topic? There's there's two different kind of off the records. One of them is when someone is able to tell you something, but not tell you with their name. As in, if an agent was tells me, oh yeah, the, the, like my, my client signed with the Chiefs. And, and so it's one of those sort of, how do you write that? We have a whole kind of sourcing basis where we have to we have to tell our managers at the AP of who is the source, how do they know, why can't they tell us on the record? That's one thing. And then the other part of off the record is kind of just the interactions you have with people in a locker room, in a press box, in a clubhouse, at a stadium, at an arena. That's just unless to me, unless a recorder is on and it's very clear that you're talking. If I'm just chatting with a player about something. And, and this happens all the time. But to me, that's off the record. You're, you can have a, you can be humans in a, a work environment where everything that's said doesn't get written. And, and, and I, I say this all the time is you think we write everything we know. I mean, the, the things that we know about, about sports and teams we cover and all of these things, you, you probably wind up seeing 20% of it, 25% of it, because a lot of these things are, 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 are privileged information of, of, of sorts of, of things that, yes, it, 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 does it help inform kind of how you cover a team? 
Great. Yes, it does. But there are certain times where you might know someone has a foot injury and you can't write it or, or, or you might know that somebody is going to, to is on the trading block and you don't have the ability to write it yet. And, and it, so it's, it's one of the kind of people relationships part of the job that, and, and it's, the job is so little actual writing that it, it, it's, it's knowing people, it's having conversations and yeah. so little of it winds up being the on the record product you see. Yeah. Yeah. So how is it that you can distinguish between on the record and off the record? Like what's just a chat versus something that's, you know, something that you're doing professionally? I, I My rule has always been like, if there's a recorder on, if I'm holding a recorder, there's a microphone, someone has a camera on and you're doing an actual interview, that is an on the record thing. If you're chatting and the recorder's in your pocket or you're, or you're just kind of talking about something, if you're talking about it, then all of a sudden it becomes something I would say to a guy, hey, can we like do this like actually on the record or something? Like, can we actually like, can I actually ask you about this for real? I, I think mm-hmm. there's, there, and, and I, and there've been stories where over, over the past few years, and I'll use a, a hockey example of kind of, there's the gray area. And, and there's a, this happened in a locker room in San Jose in Vancouver with the Sharks many years ago, where Joe Thornton, who's this big bearded hockey player who is probably going to be in the Hall of Fame, and a, a guy scored four goals, one of his teammates scored four goals in a previous game and did one kind of like a between the legs sort of shot that got a lot of people, old school, cranky people in hockey, very upset. And he was overheard in the locker room saying, well, I mean, if I, if I scored four goals, I whip out my cock and stroke it. And it was, wasn't said in an interview. It was said kind of offhand as other people were talking and a, a writer in Vancouver printed that it made Joe Thornton and the Sharks very upset. It created a lot of incredible memes when Joe Thornton was one goal away from fourth a couple of times later, uh, a couple of years <laughs> later. But it was it was it was a it was an interesting uh, study in journalism and in sports journalism of would you write that? I don't think I would have printed that. I, but it, it, everybody has their own sort of standard. But that is a, an example of a gray area of. Do you consider that on or off the record? I mean, if look, if, if Chase Young were to curse out a teammate in a locker room and it's a big deal, as much as the team would get mad, we'd probably write it, even if it's not supposed to be on the record, because it's if it's news that's actually worth readers knowing it, then you're going to have to write it and you're going to have to take people being upset about it. Mm. I like it. I like it. Interesting. So I mentioned when we were bringing you on that you, Wino, are also an author. Tell us about that book you wrote. I, I wrote a hockey book. I wrote a, a, a story, a book about emergency backup goalies. Um, and it is, uh, uh, it's called Odd Man In, uh, the wildest emergency, hockey's emergency goalies, the wildest one-day job in sports, because it's the stupidest, craziest thing in, in sports that a dude, <laughs> doesn't play in the league can play in a game in the league. Like you, you, it's just absolutely crazy. It's it doesn't make a shred of sense how that can it, actually happen. It, it, it makes no sense, but it's so wonderfully spectacular that, that a, a, literally a guy who is an accountant went into a game for the Chicago Blackhawks and did not allow a goal against NHL players. The fact that, 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 that a, a guy who it was a Zamboni driver for many years, went into a game for the Carolina hurricanes and beat his hometown Toronto Maple Leafs in an NHL game. Because the other because the other goalies got hurt. These are actual things that have happened in hockey, and it's insane. 
And I hope people like the stories of these people. Because even if you don't, even if you've never seen a hockey game in your life, like if this is about people and there's so little hockey, as, as, as we've discussed and, and your, your lovely wife has said, there may be a few hockey terms you don't understand, but it's an easy read for people. Because at the end of the day, for all the sports and we love sports, we're writing stories and watching games of human beings. And it's wonderful. Uh. Love the way you put that. So I read the book. My wife read the book. My brother-in-law, who played goalie in the Canadian Juniors, read the book. Everybody who I've spoken to has enjoyed it. Where can somebody get their hands on it? Uh, you, I, as I always say, I will. I sell them out of my trunk. If, so if you if you find me in the Washington area, I will sell you a book. Uh, I will I will autograph it and 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 sell it to you. Uh, How could also, a person find you? Uh, usually at the Irish Channel after a Capitals game. That, that's, okay. That's or that's, if they weren't there, are you available uh, anywhere online? Yes. Yeah, so, so, yes. Yeah, so it is available on Triumph Books and it is available on this tiny little site called Amazon. And and a person could also get a hold of you on Twitter? You could at, at S-W-H-Y-N-O on Twitter. Yes. Newt, you got anything else? We got to wake up early in the morning. Bill's Mafia. Be loud, man, like we was this past Sunday. You know Chantella Winters, she she tweeted, one of the ones we talk about in D.C. Bills backers. She was on our flight earlier, uh, so we want to say safe travels to you. Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo.